0: this letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Sosthenes I am writing to God's church in Corinth to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people he made you holy by means of Christ Jesus just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Thanks be to God. Good morning let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. As we begin this new series in 1 Corinthians, we pray that you'll challenge us and change us to be more and more like your son, Jesus. Be at work amongst us, we pray. From urgent appeal. Usually in bold red letters, urgent appeal, and you open it up and there's uh, a disaster or something has happened, uh, and the appeal is urgent to meet that need. Well, this morning as we begin this letter in 1 Corinthians, Paul is writing with an urgent appeal for God's people in Corinth. There are problems in the church and they need sorting. They're on the verge of terrible disaster. And after a short greeting, which we'll begin to look at this morning, Paul will then launch into this appeal to the the Corinthian Christians. Now Corinth was a, a capital of culture. It was one of the main cities. Corinth, and it had a religious group for everyone. Whatever God you wanted to worship, you could find it in Corinth. It was a very individualistic culture. One's own desires came first by any means. The city was also famous for its games, only rivaled by the Olympic Games. Corinth was known for its depravity. There was this saying to behave like a Corinthian. It wasn't um, a nice saying. It sort of represented the gross immorality and drunken debauchery. And as we go through this letter, we'll see that some of that was in the church. Uh, And even in some instances, it was even worse in the church in Corinth. And it was during Paul's second missionary journey that he went to Corinth where he proclaimed the good news of Jesus where many believed and the church was born. You can read that in Acts 18. Paul stayed there for a year and a half before moving on. Apollos was the second church leader of Corinth and again you can read about him in Acts 18. Paul had written to them before that letter we don't have Uh, But we have this one and two Corinthians uh, by God's providence. And as we read uh, read about Corinth and the church uh, there, the culture parallels so much our own, the world that we live in today. And so the challenges that we'll read of Paul giving to the church there are challenges that we will have to face ourselves At times, what God will say to us through this letter will cut us deep. But my prayer is that the Lord will be at work as he does his work in his church. Change us more into the likeness of Christ, eager to live for him and for his glory alone, eager for his kingdom to grow here in Accrington. And so with that in mind, Paul begins his letter, and there are three things uh, that I want us to see this morning. Paul reminds them who he is, whose they are, and who they are. So first of all, who Paul is. And he begins, Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Paul begins, as he normally would, a letter. But he begins by writing and stating very clearly that he writes as an apostle of God. An apostle of Christ. And so as he writes as an apostle of Christ, he wants them to be reminded that he speaks with authority. He speaks with the authority of Christ. We know that Paul is one of 13 apostles. There were 12. It went down to 11 because of Judas. They cast lots to replace him. Matthias was the chosen one. And we read in Acts 9 how Paul was saved and called to be an apostle. An apostle is one who has seen the risen Christ, has been a witness to the risen Christ and appointed and sent by him. The apostles went, they were sent to preach the gospel with divine authority. And so in its strict official sense, apostle is applied only to the immediate messengers of Christ, the infallible teachers of his religion and founders of his church. What Paul taught them when he was there and what he writes to them now in this letter is not his own views. He is called to be an apostle by Christ Jesus, by the will of God. And so when he speaks, we need to listen because he speaks with divine authority. He's wanting right at the beginning to establish that again, to reestablish, to remind them that he speaks authoritatively. And that's assuring, That, that gives us assurance, doesn't it? Because... If we went to a doctor who didn't have all those letters at the end of his name, we would know that he, he doesn't really have the authority to speak on subjects of medicine uh, and dealing with uh, people's uh, diseases or issues. We, it brings comfort to know that a doctor has all those letters behind because he speaks as one with authority. And so it brings comfort to us to know that when Paul speaks, he has apostle next to his name he speaks with authority and so we must listen carefully to what he says this letter is to be taken seriously because when paul speaks as an apostle it's as if christ himself is speaking and so paul introduces himself reminds them that he is apostle that and then he mentions our brother we're not really sure who this is it could be the the one mentioned in Acts 18 Um, we're not sure it could be the one who scribed the letter for Paul but what is clear is that he is a believer and he is with Paul as he writes this letter so Paul reminds them of who he is then he goes on to remind them whose they are One of the problems that we'll see as we go through this letter for the church in Corinth is their pride, their self-centeredness, their sort of superiority as a people. There's a hint as we go through this letter that they feel like they're the center of the universe. But notice how Paul begins that letter as he addresses it to uh, the church. To the church of God in Corinth. He's not writing to the Corinthian church, the church of the Corinthians. He's writing to the church of God, which is in Corinth. It's God's church. And so Paul, right at the beginning, wants to remind them, this church is God's. It's his church. He called the church to himself. The church belongs to To him, he calls, he saves, he bought it with his blood. You'll know the hymn, the church's one foundation. The first verse, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her and for her life he died. Any local church across the world is God's church. We are God's church in Accrington. Because God sought and saved the church. He bought the church with his own blood. And so Paul, right at the beginning of this letter, reminds them that this is God's church. It's God's universal church. So, as we gather locally, we gather together with all those everywhere who have called on the name of the Lord Jesus. We are part of God's church. And this is really important that we hear that right at the beginning of this letter. This will help us in our battle to live holy lives as the Corinthians were challenged to do. We belong to God. We are His adopted children, all because of Christ. And so, what strongest deterrent to sin is there to remember whose we are? We are God's children, He is our Father. So, remembering our position. As God's children, remembering that God is our Father will compel us in practice to live holy lives for Him. And so Paul reminds them whose they are, then he goes on to remind them who they are. I don't know if you were ever told this as a child. You're a McNally or whatever your surname is. You're a McNally. Behave like a McNally. I don't know if you ever told that as a, as, a, as a child. So I remember one time when I'd gone to the post office with my mum, and she was doing whatever she was doing. And, and you know in post office they have these stands of stationery. So I took a pencil that I liked um, and just took it. Mum didn't know. So I'm walking back home with my mum, and I've got this pencil in my hand, and she suddenly notices, you've got a pencil in your hand, where do you get that from? She realizes I've nicked it from the post office, so she drags me back to the post office to give it back. And as soon as we got home, that is not how you behave as a McNally. You're a McNally, behave like one. I don't know if you've ever had that same experience at some point. It's the same as Christians. And Paul, as he goes through this letter, shows them and reminds them you're a Christian. You're one of God's people. You must behave like one. You must behave like one. There are some big problems in the Corinthian church. There are some question questionable Christian living going on, and so he reminds them who they are. They are His holy people. We we don't get it in the NLT version. But the word used for holy people is sanctified. They are God's sanctified people. They are set apart. They are the set apart ones. They are the made holy ones. They are sanctified in Christ Jesus. And so Paul reminds them right at the beginning, you are God's sanctified people. You have been made holy in Christ. Christ, we thought about it last week and in previous weeks, Christ died on that cross to ransom a people for himself, to set apart a people for himself. And it's in the perfect tense. He's set apart and they remain set apart for him. The Corinthian Christians are God's holy people. As God looks at them, he sees the holiness of Christ. And that's true for all Christian people. It's true for us this morning. When God looks at us, he sees the holiness of Christ. We're set apart people. That is our position as Christians. And those who are sanctified are called to be holy people. Again, we don't get it in the NLT, but the word used is saint. These Christians in Corinth are sanctified saints of God. In the Roman church, there are 10,000 people recognized as saints. But according to Scripture, every believer in Jesus is a saint. So I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Oprah and occasionally she gives everybody in the audience a car you've got a car and you've got a car and you've got a car and she goes around the whole audience you've got a car well here this morning you're a saint and you're a saint and you're a saint and you're a saint because of Jesus every believer in Christ is a saint in him We've been bought at a price. We are sanctified. We are made holy. And we're to live as saints. We're to live that holy life. And so Paul is reminding them who they are so that they know that no matter how faithful or unfaithful they are, they are set apart people. They are sanctified in Christ. And as set-apart people, they are to live holy lives. And so the challenge for us as we work our way through Corinthians will be that our lives must, must match up with the position that we have as God's sanctified saints. The Corinthians had so many problems, which we'll see. They were filled with pride, foolishness being thought of as wisdom, worldliness in the church, dismissive and arrogant towards Paul the Apostle, sexually permissive, argumentative and divisive, spiritually immature, undisciplined, selfish, the church was disordered, everyone vying for power, loveless, they were seduced by false teachers, they were self-promoting. There are so many problems in the church at Corinth. But right at the beginning of this letter, Paul wants them to know and be reminded that that doesn't change their standing before God. They are sanctified saints in Christ. And it's really important that they hear that right at the beginning of this letter. Paul is going to say some really hard and challenging things to them and to us as a church here in Accrington. And so right at the start, we're to remember whose we are and who we are. We are sanctified saints in God's church. And then Paul gives the greeting, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. His riches. His peace. A peace that comes only in Christ as a result of his saving grace. And so right at the beginning of this sermon series, remember who you are in Christ. You are a sanctified saint. Give thanks to God for that, that we are sanctified saints. Remember that truth throughout this series of 1 Corinthians. We are privileged people bought by the blood of jesus our savior and king let's pray father we thank you that we can gather together this day as your people as sanctified saints in your church Thank you for your love for us that you sought us and saved us by the shedding of your blood. Father, help us to remember always that we are set apart ones. That we are made holy in Christ. And help us, Father, to live out that calling as your people to live holy lives. Help us, we pray, to do that by the power of your Spirit, for your praise and for your glory. Amen.